Welcome to the Automation Unplugged podcast, the podcast for technology professionals featuring leading industry personalities. I'm your host, Ron Callis. Today's show features Ariel Gutierrez, president of Polaris Controls. Founded in 2009, Ariel and his wife co-founded Miami-based Polaris Controls, a manufacturer representative firm that covers Latin America and the Caribbean. Since their founding, Polaris Controls has built a network of over 500 dealers across both regions and developed their AV and building automation offering for residential and commercial projects, including government and hospitality. We live streamed this interview on our One Firefly Facebook page on Wednesday, May 27th, 2020 at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In this conversation, we discussed the origin story behind Polaris Controls, Ariel's reaction to the Savant acquisition of GE Lighting, the impact COVID-19 has had on the Latin America economy and currencies, the webinar and podcast strategy launched by Polaris Controls to better help their dealers. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. Let's jump into my interview with Ariel Gutierrez. Ariel, how are you, sir? Good morning, Mr. Ron Callis. How are you? I am. So I, was, I had to check my closet. Shoot, is it morning? I don't know. Days blend into weeks and, and morning into night. So there, there aren't many barriers these days. Uh, but yeah, it is It is almost one o'clock. So it's, it's morning. So Ariel, where are you coming to us from? I uh, I live in Miami, Florida. Our, our company is headquartered here in the Doral area which is on the western part of uh, Miami, close to the airport on the turnpike. Awesome. And uh, I, I want to say a mutual friend uh, of ours, uh, Thomas Wing. Uh, I don't know if you know Thomas. He's from yeah. Panama, but he's a, right. a frequent listener. And uh, he goes, Ron and, Ron and Saludos. saludos to, sorry, my Spanish is terrible. Saludos <laughs> to Ariel. And uh, all the Polaris Controls Latin America crew, good to have them on the show. Great team and great people. Thanks, so Tomas. Tomas is a uh, is a highly respected uh, client of ours. We we see him a lot when we travel, trade shows. He comes to our trainings a lot, so uh, he does a lot for the industry down in Panama. So, hola, Tomas. ¿Cómo estás? ¿Cómo estás? See, that was pretty good, right? Oh, there you go. Not bad. Not my- bad. That's right. So, um, Ariel, uh, just for our listeners that may not know you, uh, I always like to start out the show with kind of who are you? Um, so maybe give us uh, uh, your background. You and I have known each other for, uh, I want to say, going on 20 years. That's right. And uh, it means you know what that means? It means we're getting old. I think that's, that's right. I, but I still feel young, so I, I'm not. It's not old. It's experienced. Experience uh, is a new term. Exper- there you go. We are 20 years experienced. And, uh, right. or maybe many more years than that. And, uh, but yeah, t- tell our audience about yourself and, uh, kind of what brings you forward to Polaris controls today. Well, it's an interesting story. I'm actually a biomedical engineer. That's what I studied in, uh, as, as an undergrad at, uh, at RPA in Troy, New York. Um, I worked on some interesting projects for, uh, for the DOD while I was there. 
for uh, power supplies for uh, tracking devices, which is an interesting subject. Um, but from there, I worked uh, for Lutron as an employee for Lutron for about five years. From 98, I started there in February 98. Um, I worked for them in the Latin American and training departments. And I had a stint in their Florida residential sales department as well. Um, that's where I met you. That's you right. and I worked together in the Florida market um, for a while. I actually um, left Lutron and started a, a business in uh, land development. Our, our first company was a company that would raise capital for investors. So investors would, you know, put in uh, money into projects, and we returned all the money plus uh, profit uh, to them. Um, we did very well for a number of years. And then in 2007 and 2008, the construction industry in the United States basically collapsed. And so that was a, that was a, a change of, uh, of scope for us. But um, it was good. It was a good learning experience for me and for my wife. I actually met my wife and some of the people that work within Polaris in our... Uh, uh, in our uh, graduate school, we we did a master's in construction management uh, that we started. I started there. I think it was in 2003 or two, 2002 is when I started the master's. I completed in 2004. Started a construction business, which was my second business. Uh, it's called IDG Construction. It's a licensed general contractor in Florida. That business is ongoing. Um, I'm the qualifier for that business. Um, and that was doing the project management for the um, projects that we were raising capital for. So that was good. We were doing our own uh, projects for a while, and then the economy hit. Um, I think 08, 09, and 10 hit hit many of us quite hard. Yes, it was a very difficult. It was a very difficult year. I knew it was coming though. In, in 2007, I remember we were closing. Um, we, we built some houses. We built about, I'd say about 70 houses in Miami. And on one of the houses, one of the closings, the, the buyer came, it was a half million dollar house. This particular buyer, I, I don't, I'm not sure he was qualified for that kind of loan. That was back when you could get a loan just by stating your income. You didn't actually right. have to show any paperwork. That's right. So he came out of the loan with a second mortgage on the property as well and $30,000 in his pocket. So he put no money down at the, at the, at the closing, came out with $30,000. And I was like, you know, something is seriously wrong with this. And uh, sure enough, four months after that, that's when all the Lehman Brothers stuff happened. That's when the construction bubble came. And uh, it was a difficult ride. 2008, 2009 was a difficult ride. Went to work for Honeywell. Worked for Honeywell a little bit under a year. Great company. I personally hated what I was doing there. Um, but it, it was a good company to work for. Lots of learning there. But um, I wanted to do something different. My wife was pregnant and uh, Honeywell wanted us to move to Virginia and I was still winding down all the construction projects in Miami. So I, I told to my wife, well, why don't we start a business? And, and uh, 
the the initial stages of that business was we knocked on Neutron's door again to see if they needed some help with their trainings in Spanish because that's what I knew how to do well. And uh, that conversation turned into a why don't you why don't you become manufacturers reps? And we put together a business plan in about two months. I looked for a company name because I didn't have any any uh, company related to that field. I love sailing and boats and navigation and uh, Polaris is a North Star. And uh, we were going to be representing a controls company for lighting control. And so, and, and also the domain name was available. So uh, that's the magic right there. When the right. domain's available, that's, that's the uh, ringing endorsement for your new name. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So my wife and I came up with the name Polaris Controls, um, registered the domain name with uh, GoDaddy, and the rest is history. Um, we started that business in 2009. It's 11 years old now. It was with one manufacturer, which was Lutron, my wife and I, and we were reps only for the Caribbean and certain islands in the Caribbean, not not the entire Caribbean. And so little by little, we started adding lines. As as we added lines, we I couldn't divide myself into so many bits um, travel-wise. So that's when we hired um, one of our company's uh, team members, which is Manfredo. Manfredo started with us uh, covering Central America, and I would focus on the Caribbean. But then we needed more lines because with one line and three people, we couldn't we couldn't really more do people. It. it need more revenue. That's right. So, uh, and, and that's how we started. So today, um, Polaris is uh, is ten people strong. Wow. Um, we have uh, operations in uh, in Mexico. There's two people in Mexico. Uh, we have an office in Mexico City, in Guatemala, in uh, Bogota, Colombia, in San Juan, Puerto Rico, in uh, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, and here in Miami. And um, we focused in, uh, in, in four different verticals, one of them being uh, automation, um, the other one being lighting, as in lighting manufacturers, lamps and uh, lighting fixtures. Um, <clears throat> the other one on the pro AV side. Um, and lastly, and more importantly, the one on uh, audio and video. So we were reps for multiple audio and video companies, audio video distribution. And so that's that's what we do. We're, we're in four different categories throughout Latin America and the Caribbean. We don't do anything domestically. So Okay, so you live in Miami, but yep. all of your territories are other countries. Correct. Throughout the Caribbean or Central America and, and South America, correct? Correct. My, Miami's has always been, and more so these days, kind of like a little capital of Latin America. I was going to say, Miami is the capital of South America. That's right. So <laughs> everyone, likes, everyone likes to come here. Um, Miami's become a big destination in the last 15 years. I remember when I first moved to Miami about 22 years ago now, um, this was a big city, but it, it wasn't like a New York or a L.A. or anything like that. And slowly but surely, here we are. It's a big city now um, with a lot of people from Latin America coming here to establish themselves with business and families and all that. So it's become a great city. 
some of the uh, what are some some of the bigger names? Uh, I know you you love all of your brands the same, mm-hmm. but what are some of the bigger names that some of the folks listening will know that you represent? So we're reps for Lutron. That's the first line that we that we had, and and uh, we're, we will eternally be grateful for the opportunity with Lutron. Um, because it was a difficult time uh, uh, in the world's history. We have Sonance, which has been a key line for us. Uh, the, the folks at Sonance have been wonderful to work with, uh, uh, gave us an enormous boost um, with, uh, with the responsibility that we have, because we do manage Sonance for everywhere in Latin America from Mexico all the way to Argentina and uh, all of the... Wow, Caribbean. so you, you have... Sonance for the entire continent. That's correct. That's correct. Wow. So that's a great line. Great people there. Uh, great opportunities. Um, great products. I mean, I, I can't really say enough about Sonance. Um, we have Savant for uh, Latin America and the Caribbean, except Mexico and Brazil. In Brazil, they have a very strong uh, distributor. It's it's uh, it's AudioGene, and they've done a really good job with uh, Savant in uh, in Brazil. So. The, good people. Um, so those are the main ones. We, then on the lighting side, we have uh, Lucifer Lighting is one. DMF Lighting is another one. DMF and Lucifer have both been um, very involved in CDA lately because they're trying to develop CDA side for... Uh, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of DMF at... Yep. Uh, I, I'm in a couple of buying... We, we at One Firefly are in a couple of buying groups. And I know I've been seeing DMF, and Michael and, and team. Yep. Um, Wait a second. There's another Lutron connection over Andy at DMF, isn't there? Right. Andy, yeah. Andy Wakefield is there. I see a common thread through <laughs> a lot of these uh, brands you're you're mentioning here. It's true. I, I, I'll tell you that Lutron does provide great training for 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 folks for you know on the sales and operations side, and uh, there is a lot of ex-Lutron people in this industry because they've done a really good job in in, in training all of us. So. Um, yeah, um, I agree. It's it's a good company. Uh, it's the best training. Overall. I mean, I've said this many times on this podcast. Even I, I think my my career start at Lutron. I couldn't have asked for a better place to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. In terms of building a strong foundation. That's right. And you know, as you said, you can take your years at Lutron and then just look across the industry. Yeah, absolutely. At all of these movers and shakers, and and they originated. In many times, many cases at Lutron. Yeah, more than one, more than three manufacturers that were reps for started because of some kind of Lutron connection. Lucifer's lighting started from there. Sonance obviously started from there. DMF started from there. So um, it's, you know, it was a great school for me. I still learn something new every day from them. So uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a good company. Now, you mentioned Savant. And there was news that broke. I want to say it broke a few hours That's ago. Correct. And Savant just acquired GE Lighting. That is a huge, uh, huge step for, for Savant. Um, and it's not just What do you think this the, means? Yeah, I mean, what, what does it mean? I think it means that, um, you know, Savant obviously is uh, interested in becoming more and more uh, front row with the lighting side. Uh, the GE Lighting acquisition is not only for the automation side of things, it's also for the lamp uh, side of things. I don't know if you know this, but 
but um, GE Lighting makes up 40% of the of the lighting brands in retail locations. So you can go to like a Home Depot and a lot of the lamps that are available in Home Depot are GE lighting uh, lamps. So this allows, uh, in my opinion, this allows uh, Savant some uh, room to uh, negotiate better deals with manufacturers because it's it's a it's much stronger name. Um, it also gives Savant um, a strength that in some sales opportunities, you know, if you take a company like Crestron or Lutron that have been in this industry for 40 plus years, and you compare with Savant that, you know, only started in the, in the uh, early 2000s, it gives um, a strength that it, it, it didn't yeah. have before. GE Lighting, Thomas Edison, team. 130 Correct. years ago. I mean, That's it doesn't right. get more OG than that. 700 employees plus. I mean, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal for Savant. I think they can leverage a lot of uh, what they've been doing with the lighting side, lighting side with that, and it's it's going to be great. I think it's 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 a great acquisition for them, and uh, it's it shows you how forward thinking uh, Savant is. They, they they call Bob Madonna the guy that can look around corners, and and I agree. This acquisition is uh is a good acquisition for them. Well, just to dive a little bit deeper, and I don't know if you know this answer or if it's speculation, but I'm, I am I only know enough to be dangerous, uh, so I'm putting that out there on the record. But I know that the, the USA – am I going to get it right? USAI? Mm-hmm. USAI. Uh, the fixtures that, that uh, Savant has been partnering and been selling, does it change that equation at all to your knowledge? Um. Or is that public think, or is that determined yet no, as to no, no, what no. that means? I, I don't know what that means. Uh, it could, it could not. I mean, USAI doesn't manufacture lamps. They manufacture, uh, you know, a fixture with a housing, with an LED uh, engine. Um, so it's, it's a different um, type of uh, lighting fixture altogether. It may change it. It may not. It may be. For we have best. some speculation in the chat feed here. So let, sure let's, let's put some of the this, this speculation uh, up on the screen, Nelson <laughs> Vega. He says they're going to try and develop a Ketra-style fixture and compete at the highest of fixture levels. Could be, could be. That's that's a good uh, theory. I like it. And then uh, what do we have? We have Juan Pablo Garcia Guerrera, and he says uh, they have a partnership with USAI Lighting, so I believe they have this portion. Yeah. Um. There we go. And then uh, Nelson says, uh, I can't imagine they acquired GE to grab the average consumer. Well, I don't you'd know. You'd be surprised. Maybe. Uh, the average consumer. I mean, I grew up with that that GE on the A lamp, the Edison lamps. Now, I am I guess, as, as Ariel and I said a moment ago, we're now experienced. So some of the younger That's listeners right. are going to go, what are you talking about the GE on the lamp you'd screw in? All they've known is, uh, you know, LED light bulbs. But uh, well, the thing, the for, thing with with the with the LED, the the um, consumer sales um, with with the GE, I mean, just look at the amount of cash that will start coming in through Home Depot sales, for example, and uh, electrical distributor sales, and those are channels that that Savant didn't have, and now they're gonna have this steady income that's not as dependent on high-end residential or, you know, commercial projects 
as it has been before. So who knows? Yeah, no, it's it's going to be this fun. Is, By the way, we have Ariel, or not Ariel, but we have Angel, and he goes, uh, or Angel, and he says, welcome, Ariel. Saludos from Mexico. Saludos, Angel. ¿Cómo estás? Okay. Like, Nelson and go I go back, too. I like Nelson a lot. He he works at Sound Components. Great guy. Very knowledgeable. Funny as hell. I go to Nelson. He's my go-to guy for all things Cuban food in Miami, Florida. So. Where is Nelson ever, at now? Nelson, drop in the, the, the comments here. Where, where are you at these days? Is he still at Sound Components? I think he is. Uh, the last time I spoke to him, which was a couple months ago, he was. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, he probably still is. He, great guy. If you want to buy, if you want to uh, get good Cuban food anywhere in Miami or Fort Lauderdale, because he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a man out. about town. He knows, right. his, he knows his Cuban food in South That's Florida. Right. Exactly. So you can uh, you can ask Nelson. Nelson is still at Sound Components. You see, that is cool. Uh, Nelson, tell Bill. I think B Bill's still running that place, right? Does that sound right? All right, I heard a yes, sir. All right, tell Bill I said hello. I haven't talked to Bill in many many moons. Um, Ariel, how's how's business, man? I know uh, uh, my wife is from Brazil, and we're watching the news, and Brazil is getting pummeled right now. How and so that's that's a data point that I have that's that's close to home. What what's happening throughout the Caribbean and in Central and South America in the the, the custom integration business? It, it's challenging for the dealers. Um, it's challenging for the end users as well because they they can't leave their houses. Um, from a health perspective, it's challenging too. From an economical perspective, it's challenging as well. And not, not just because, you know, business has stopped. That's one part of it. The other part of it is that the dollar, the U.S. dollar keeps getting stronger against some of the local currencies. So things you could buy at one rate before, you're not having to pay, you know, 20, 25%, 30, 35% more than you did three months ago. Does the consumer, whether, and you, you do, you're both on the resi and the commercial side of, of business. Do, does the, the, let's just do the luxury consumer that might be putting toys in their house. Do they hold their money in the local currency or do they hold dollars or do they hold both? Both. And they, they hold have both. Accounts, they have accounts for both. So and it's, it's really their local currency yeah, is, is getting crushed by the strong dollar. That is correct. That and, and that's, I mean, I, 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 I'm only a hobbyist, uh, uh, and that's, you know, uh, putting it mildly with a, a capital or a, a lowercase H as a hobby, but in terms of macroeconomics, I, I find it fun and interesting, but uh, from what I'm reading or consuming, I believe that this trend of, uh, uh, a deflationary dollar or a strong U.S. dollar against foreign currencies, it seems like this is only going to accelerate or yeah. continue for some time. I mean, this is well, not going to end in the coming weeks. You'd be surprised. In Brazil, Brazil has seen a change in the dollar uh, and the strength of the dollar in the last week or so. So that's It was up at five reals for a dollar, correct. right? Correct. And now it's coming back down little by little. And hopefully that'll continue to be the trend so that uh, the Brazilian market in general, not not just you know our industry, but in general can can start up again soon. It's been it's been on hold. 
Uh, I hear Tomas uh, Wing. Yeah, it, they've been 80 days in lockdown. And uh, it's affecting everyone. In That's why Tom, Tomas is attending all my webinars That's and right. all my live sessions. Tomas has nothing, nothing else to do. Thank you, Tomas. That's correct. I, I hope for you and me, Tomas, that business gets back to normal. And uh, I hope you remember us when that happens, because I'm sure we won't see as much of you. <laughs> it's going to get back to normal. Um, it'll be a different set of conditions, you know. Whereas people before dealers in our industry were going into houses wearing booties. Now it's going to be booties, gloves, masks, uh, in some cases, re respirators. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be a different landscape out there when, uh, when everything starts opening back up. So we, we all have to get ready for all of this because, um, you know, life has to continue. It's just, it's just going to continue in a different way. Juan just answered my question. He says, end users, uh, I, I'm assuming this means throughout Central and South America, he says, typically save in, hold their savings in U.S. dollars, but their local businesses run in their local currency. So obviously any currency fluctuations are going to directly affect them in that way. That's correct. Yeah, that's, that's correct. And, that's, and you see that with, uh, with sales, right? So when the dollar becomes strong and the local economies become weaker, then you see a hold off in purchases um, from dealers because, you know, nobody wants to buy more expensive than what they sold it. For. So um, it, it's got different effects. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that that's important when you look at uh, dealers in the U.S. are unaffected by currency exchanges uh, and they're unaffected by lockdowns or ports. You can literally you can place an order here in the States from a manufacturer, let's say that manufacturer has limited resources at the warehouse because of this COVID thing. And let's say it ships two days after uh, the normal shipping time. You'll still get it within, you know, four days when it ships. In Latin America, it's different. In Latin America, you have to place an order. The order needs to ship that manufacturer to, to your freight porter. The freight porter then has to consolidate ship it to wherever it's going to in Latin America, the Caribbean, hoping that the local ports are open. And if the ports are open, hoping that the um, customs officials at the ports are working because they may be in lockdown too. So it's a totally different set of circumstances uh, for some of the uh, dealers that, that are in uh, the Caribbean and Latin America that uh, they, they're unseen to the naked eye. Um, and, you know, it affects business uh, long-term for them as well. Here in the U.S., we are seeing in, in, I think it's a fair statement. I mean, I'm talking to enough people most days of the week that I, I think I know this, but I, I'm not willing to say I know I know this. I, I think I know that there are, in many cases, at the on the upper end of the scale in terms of uh, residential consumers, we're seeing an increase in demand for home tech. We're seeing, you know, home networks, home entertainment, outdoor entertainment, seeing an increase in demand. I mean, there's a number of companies, many companies I've talked to are seeing, you know, peak levels of demand right now oh, yes. in the middle of this craziness. Are you seeing any of that in, in the Caribbean or your markets, or is it able to break through yet because people simply aren't allowed to work? Well, I think, um, Number one, there's a lot of trends that are going to change 
in uh, in the in the industry altogether. Like you said, um, so home theaters are coming back. I mean, there was a, a period of time where the dedicated home theater kind of took a step back, and that, I would have said it. You know, pre March, I would have said they were dead. Yeah, correct. Because uh, everyone was using, you know, uh, a space for multitasking. Uh, the living room was a home theater. The kitchen was part of the home theater. We just had a theater yesterday that that uh, wanted a 7.1 system. And when we asked him what he was using it for, you know, two of the channels were in the kitchen. And, you know, so there's things that are that are happening that didn't happen before i think home theaters dedicated home theaters i think are going to come back i think you'll see an uptick in projector sales and projection screen sales um outdoor audio is on its way back as well um i don't think it ever left i think it's just going to be stronger um automation systems i think are going to come back as well automation systems for some time were kind of on their way down I think they're going to tick back up. What about th- voice? Do you think this this triggers an increase in the the desire for voice? You know, the idea of touching things and passing germs versus voice commands. Well, I think voice will make it. I think I I've never really been a believer in voice because there's. I mean, I have an accent. Most of the people that live in Miami have an accent. In Latin America, everyone's got an accent. Wait, so. Wait. In in my house, as you know, uh, with Lutrons, you and I were talking. I just put my Lutron shades in, and my my son figured out how to plug uh, his Google. Uh, he has a Google Nest Touch panel at his. Um, I saw him. Did you see the, the video? Room. I posted a story on yeah. social media. Working he did that one hundred percent by himself. I don't Excellent. even know how he did it. I don't even. I don't know either because he had three window treatments going up. And I've with never a, been able to do that in my house. With, with a single command, boom. He, 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 I don't know. He did it. He's 11. He figured that, it out. That's right. I, I was, uh, I was skeptical because I was like, you know, I was telling my wife, I was like, don't let him do this because he's going to break something and we just got it working. He's like, dad, I got this. He's 11. Did I say this? Uh, anyway, uh, he went and configured it. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes later, my wife is sending me, because uh, I'm up here in the office, sending me a, a, a text video because I'm on a Mac. So she can, that shows up right on the Mac, which is pretty cool. So I saw the SMS and there was a video of my son giving the Windows yeah, a command. It's great. It's great. My son yesterday, he was working on a project for school that he, the project was basically on biomes. And the instructions were for him to do a presentation, passing the pages and recording himself passing the pages. And I said, well, why don't I show you how to use Keynote? I'll show you how to scan it. So I taught him how to scan the pages. I taught him how to start it on on Keynote. And by the end of the evening, he did the presentation himself. I just helped him on the technical side. But, you know, kids these days are, are very, very good with computers and everything everything voice related um going going back to what you were saying i think networks is going to be a key issue um in the us i know there's a lot of integrators especially the the c4 guys that have had um the um the uh brand that uh, c4 acquired some some time ago um and now that c4 snap av 
or Snap AB about a C4, you know the the overseas brand. I know that all those integrators have had the um, opportunity to buy uh, and sell network solutions. Um, that's going to be huge going forward as well. Network's going to be uh, big. Uh, security, I think, is going to be big too. Um, I know I'm touching a lot of a lot of spots, but these are things that I think are trends that people need to be on the uh, on the up and up with. There's a comment here from Juan Pablo, and he says, I think home entertainment and technology would have a peak in the upcoming months. Latin yep. America is always delayed from the U.S. That's regarding correct. trends and everything. So I, I, I agree. I agree. There, there's Well, there's a delay in Latin America for a lot of things. One of them was the COVID. The COVID didn't really arrive into Latin America until probably about four weeks after the U.S., um, that's why you're seeing the peaks now that you saw in U.S. cities about four four weeks ago. So, uh, and there's also a delay in the deployment of technology as well, for whatever reason. Um, one of the reasons why we started Polaris um, was basically to give Latin America a a more of an importance to some of the manufacturers. I was very surprised to see at Cedia large manufacturers that simply didn't know the, the difference between Puerto Rico and Costa Rica or that, you know, Puerto Rico was in the middle of the Caribbean and not part of Mexico. Right. You're laughing, but that was my same reaction. I'm going, I can't believe this guy's the president of this company and he doesn't understand where any of these places are. So right. that's why we wanted to start a, a business like Polaris only focused in Latin America to give the Latin American dealer uh, more opportunities for, for products, get the information out there quicker um, so that the delayed response that, that we've traditionally seen in Latin America can be shortened a little bit. Yeah, no, I, that that makes tremendous, tremendous sense. Uh, we have yeah. another comment here. Actually, uh, let's see here. Matt, Matt was on the show just recent. Matt's uh, logging in here from Dallas says, sorry, he's late. No worries, Matt. You can always watch it on replay, buddy. <laughs> uh, but appreciate you joining us and uh, better late than never. And then uh, Thomas is given a, Tomas has given us a little more feedback on voice. He says, we've done a few projects with Google Assistant is best one we've used for Spanish only speaking clients. I agree. Uh, contact Josh AI, but no Spanish availability yet. Um, uh, I was laughing regarding my son programming it because my wife, uh, we were just talking this morning about it. My wife has a still a, a relatively strong accent. Um, my son and I listened to, and it sounds normal to us, but when she tries talking to Google, it doesn't want to listen to anything. <laughs> she's, she's asking it and she gets frustrated. And so now she'll have my son give the shade commands. So I think from, uh, to Google from all the, from all the assistants uh, out there. So we have three in our home. We have the, we have Google, we have uh, Alexa, and we have Siri with one of the HomePods. Um, I agree with Tomas that, that Google is the one that's most flexible uh, of the three. The, the other two, Siri Siri and I have a communication problem. So we, we don't speak well. It, it reacts when I want it to react. In the middle of the night, it starts music in my room for no reason. So Oh, my God. I would have a heart attack yeah, if that happened. Exactly. Exactly. But that, I do agree. Google is, is probably the most uh, the, the, the best one for that. 
So in, in terms of um, the way you've been supporting, Polaris has been supporting your dealers. You said you've been doing lots of webinars at yeah. an elevated or escalated rate. What, what have you so, been doing and how well has attendance been and how's that been working out? So I'll tell you this, be, because we are used to distances, because I mean, we're in Miami, our office is in Miami, but we have an operation all the way down to Argentina. So we already had a platform for webinars that we use, which is GoToMeeting, which has always worked flawlessly for us. Um, our company is run on, uh, on, on Google. So even though you see at PolarisControls.com as our domain, it's actually a Google platform. Um, so we have Google Hangouts for that and, and Google Meet for that. Um, we also have Zoom, a Zoom account for that as well. Um, so since the, the last day I traveled was the 10th of March, I was coming back from Grand Cayman by the 13th of March, we already had a plan to do webinars three times a week on different subjects. And uh, that's what we've been doing. We do webinars on Mondays, Tuesdays, I'm sorry, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 11 AM every week on different subjects. So we've, we've done uh, Lutron, we've done Savant today. We did ice cable. Um, lucifer lighting, screen innovations, digital projection. We've done all sorts of webinars on all sorts of subjects too, not necessarily on brands that we're reps for. Um, that kept us in the loop with a lot of dealers. We've had webinars that we've had over a hundred people participating as attendees in the webinars with over 80% attentiveness uh, rate, which is huge i mean yeah we've been doing webinars for three years and we've never had more than 50 people on a webinar now we're seeing 100 people there we've done webinars for two hours and there's still you know 80 plus people on the webinar. we started a youtube channel uh, uh three years ago and uh i'd say by the beginning of 2020 we may have had 25 videos there right now we have over 75 videos there per webinar so we'll do the webinars we'll record them we'll edit them and then we'll upload them to youtube we started a podcast uh, where we're interviewing people from the industry and we release a po podcast once a week what's the um, name of the podcast it's called polaris controls interactivo it's usually in spanish we've okay. had english-speaking guests it's available on Spotify and on iTunes. So Polaris Control Interactive, but with an O at the end to make it Spanish. Of course. Um, and uh, it, it's available on those two platforms, uh, soon to be on Google Podcasts as well. Um, so we've kept up, participated in a lot of trainings from our manufacturer partners so that we, we've elevated our own technical level more, which has been great for us. Um, we started with a, with a company called RF Venue. <clears throat> they make wireless transmission and reception systems for um, microphones and in-ear monitors for like concerts and churches. And uh, we've learned so much from the RF Venue webinars regarding RF and communication and things like that, that, that that's been great. So we've taken these three months, it's going to be three months in, in about a week or so, 
um, to really train ourselves, train the dealers that we do business with, um, and get more and more involved in the in the design side of projects than we were before. It's been it's been it's been a good time for us. It's been a difficult time for us to be indoors and uh, and and not being able to see our friends because you know a lot of our dealers are our friends. We develop relationships with them for the last ten sometimes more years. So um, yeah, you, you'll see our website there. We're kind of working on as that's one of the other things that we're doing. We're uh, we're making our website uh, revamping it a little bit. It's a good time to work on marketing, you know, yeah. when things are are a little little bit quieter. I, I was gonna. Uh, so this is the website, everyone. Uh, and if you're listening to the podcast, uh, it is polariscontrols.com. And uh, be forewarned, Ariel did say he's working on it. So if a link doesn't yes. work, uh, don't judge him by that. Um, but I, I was going to jump over here to Avitel because you've, you've also, uh, launched our Avitel, Avitel. You've also launched this engineering business. Can you talk about how you're supporting your dealers through that business and or services? Yes. Yeah, so we, you know, one of the things that we've seen in the last 10 years is, um, is a lack of tools for, for project presentation. Um, uh, in, in the areas that we work in. Uh, and those tools can be things like websites, things like presentation um, tools, things that what you do with uh, one Firefly. So um, if I remember correctly, that's how you started. You started as an engineering-based firm and graduated to the marketing side of things. That is, uh, that's entirely accurate. Yeah, I, I realized that I, I had to, in order for my engineering business to exist, I had to start building integrators' websites and doing their marketing sure. to enable them to present themselves in the right light and have the confidence to talk about why a design and engineering line item of labor exists and costs what it costs. Because it, it takes smart people with lots of experience working diligently to put lots of pieces and parts together That's in the right formulation in order to give you this beautiful outcome that you desire. And That's right. as you probably have seen, and uh, I see a comment here, uh, Avitel America's rocks. Look at that. Thanks, Rodolfo. <laughs> um, you know, so many integrators do this stuff for free. A. Correct. Or they don't do it, and their projects suffer. And that's that's a trend that we saw that we needed to correct, because um, a few things. Number one, a lot of AV stuff, let's call it that, um, gets put into a project after the project's been completed. More so in our region than it is here in the states. Um, and that's an issue. The construction technique in the in Latin America is different than here. Here, it's like Alice in Wonderland. You have these walls that are drywall, and then you can go in and you can take out the entire wall, and nothing happens. In Latin America, it's oh, that's not like right. That. Yeah, poured concrete. That's right. So yeah. things have to be planned for in advance. So we needed to provide the dealer with tools that they can use to present projects uh, with solutions 
from the beginning and not as an afterthought after the project. Because you need conduit in place. That's correct. That's correct. So we started a company called Avitel Americas. Avitel basically focuses on three client types. One is a dealer. So a dealer that needs help in developing um, specifications, submittals, and proposals for projects that are presentable that can be part of construction documentation for a project. Remember, I have a master's in construction management. That's what I study. My wife has a master's in construction management. Manfredo and Bertie in, in, uh, in Polaris Controls have master's in construction management. So we really come from the construction side. Um, so if we can give the dealer a set of tools to help them present projects uh, uh, earlier in the construction phase, that's what Avitel America wants to do for them. Um, we also offer the services to architectural engineering firms that don't have the means or the expertise in the AV side of things and automation side of things to be hired as consultants as part of a project so that the project can come out with specifications of control systems of proper uh, lighting and audio. Um, and thirdly, we offer the services to end users or you know large hotels that want to have a firm that specializes in that to you know provide um, documentation services of, of, of things to develop um, you know, scopes of work. So we're attacking three different things, three different sides of the business just to get um, the project specified correctly from, from inception. So it's not an afterthought. No. That's... So we've had to evolve as, as, as time has gone by. Yeah, it sounds like you're inventing the necessary capabilities that are required for you to be successful in the markets you serve. Us and more importantly, the dealers. The, the dealers for us are key. We, we really fight the... Um, for the dealers in the regions, we, we want to make sure that, you know, whoever's in country gets a fair shot at, uh, at projects. Um, I personally, I don't like uh, integrators from other countries to go into a country and, and simply sell something and then leave. And then the, the end user is kind of left in the dark and the local yeah. dealer has to come in. So we do everything we can to make sure that the dealer is best equipped um, to be able to perform a project in country locally and support it, uh, adequately. Yeah. I, I don't see how that's not in the client's best interest to have a local, a local Correct. integrator, you know, designing, installing, servicing that customer for life, as opposed Correct. to some American integrator swooping into, you know, X, Y, or Z country doing a project. And then, what happens when the thing goes down on Friday night? That's right. You know, how, how does that customer get serviced? But you so. know what? Situations like this COVID um, bring to light what we're discussing now. Because a situation like COVID, yes, you have your system working in your house. But what if it stops working? Then it's a guy in Miami that has to fly down to Aruba and he's and, not going to do it. And he's not going to do it. And there's no flights and the airport's closed. And, you know, it's a whole different kind of thing. So the, the COVID is, is definitely going to help the local dealer um, uh, explain better why yeah. their solution is more adequate than whatever 
Um, I mean, they should be going. I'm assuming this is part of your strategy just because I know you and I know the origins of your Lutron belief system around driving uh, specifications through the design community. So I imagine your dealers should be going to architects, designers and builders and presenting that position. You need a local company to design, install and service this project. Because what if this... What if this pandemic comes back or what if another one happens? Your customer is going to be high and dry. Exactly. Exactly. So we, we're providing the dealers with products through Polaris Controls. Um, we've uh, gathered a very good group of, of manufacturers in each of the four verticals that we that we have, uh, that they're all very good companies. Uh, so we're providing the, the, the hardware. And we're providing also the design elements to it if they need it. You know, a lot of dealers don't need it, but if they do need it, you know, count on us as an as a group of, of people that are working side by side with you. There's a, a comment, and then I'm going to close and get uh, contact info for here for everyone listening that might want to get in touch with you, Ariel. Okay. But uh, uh, Alfredo Pimentel. Yeah, uh, Dominican Republic. There he goes. Alfredo says with ought to. All right, you go ahead and read that for me because I'm going to mess it up. I have used <laughs> Avitel services 100% recommended is what he's saying. From uh, Auto, how do you say his company name? Uh, automatizado uh, in the Dominican Republic. Automatizado. Uh, so it's like automation, um, okay. but in Spanish, automatizado, to be automated. Okay. That's a, a beautiful endorsement. Um, yes. Ariel, I wish you and your team... Nothing but success here as you guys forge forward through this quarantine and uh, we will get through this. You know oh, that. I know, I know we will. We have to be optimists uh, in this environment. I know that uh, the circumstances are difficult for a lot of people, lockdowns, uh, economies that are stuck, but we will make it out. We will be stronger. Um, our services collectively will be needed more in the future than they have been in the past. So uh, we just need to use this time to prepare correctly for when those times come and be able to deploy quickly because it'll be an avalanche of work for everyone in this field. Um, thanks, Ron, for, for having me on your program. Last thing I want to say, we do have a uh, an Instagram page that you can follow us. Uh, one of the comments from Tomas Wing was that they call me Mr. Video Short. So we do video shorts that are a minute long on different things. It usually starts with a clap. And uh, we try to make them fun. So uh, listen in on us and uh, let us know if we can help you. Thanks, Ron. If, if they are logging into Instagram, what do they search for? They search for Polaris, Polaris Controls? Polaris Controls, just as it appears over here. Right over there. That's right. Awesome. And Ariel, how can people get directly in touch with you? So you can uh, write to me at AEG, like Ariel E. Gutierrez at PolarisControls.com or info at PolarisControls.com. We're available to you 365 days a year, seven days a week, four hours a day. Anything you need. If you're in jail and you need someone to talk to, call us. We'll yeah, what about bail it? Will you bail them out if they call you? I Are you the guy to call? I won't bail them out, but uh, at least I'll have a well-dressed friend. <laughs> what more can you ask for? Exactly. Awesome. Ariel, it's been a pleasure, bud. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Ron. And uh, 
thanks for everything that you do for this industry with uh, all the marketing that you do. These podcasts are really or or uh, um, this is a podcast. It's live it's a, and a podcast. Right. It's both. So it's both. This is it's great. Um, it it it's really interesting. I know you're in a lot of organizations uh, with buying groups and things like that, and you've always been a very uh, good friend to me and to the industry. So thank you very much. No, that uh, I I appreciate those kind words, and uh, I do it because I love what I do, yeah. and uh, I love helping people. And I've particularly this show, in in particular, I, I've had people reach out directly and say that just listening to guys like you, guys and gals, my guests, and just hearing different perspectives, how people are approaching life and business, their ups and downs. Uh, you know, it's it's helpful, and yeah. so. Uh, because I get the feedback that it's helpful, I keep doing it. The so. sun always comes out. We'll get out of this and we'll all be better. Thanks, Ron. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Automation Unplugged. For a full transcript of this show and all previous shows, head over to our website at onefirefly.com forward slash AU. There you'll find links to all transcripts, show notes, Facebook Live recordings, and resources mentioned during the show. If you enjoyed this episode and like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please follow us on social media. We are at One Firefly LLC on all platforms. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Automation Unplugged as we dive deeper into technology trends and the fascinating people that make up the custom integration industry. Bye for now.